0: Welcome to the Fables Podcast, recorded the second Wednesday of every month from the Fables main stage at the Next Stage Theater in Putney, Vermont. The podcast is produced at the Earspoon Studios in collaboration with Fishhook Communications. Each month, four storytellers are selected to tell their personal story. If you have a personal story you would like to tell, please go to nextstagearts.org. Click on the Fables banner and pitch us your story right through the website. We'll be sure to get back in touch with you right away to let you know we've received it and how to proceed. This podcast and the live event at the Next Stage Theatre are brought to you in part by the Vermont Country Deli, Farnham Insulators, the Marina Restaurant, Burroughs Specialized Sports, and the River Valley Credit Union. The following podcast was recorded live on March 13th at 7 p.m. The theme of the evening was Girl Power, Our partner charity for the evening was Girls on the Run. They inspire girls to be joyful, healthy, and confident, and they envision a world where every girl knows and activates her limitless potential and is free to boldly pursue her dreams. Our third storyteller of the evening was Kristen Cassidy. Kristen spoke about her son and a mystery illness that left her grasping for straws, but proved that indomitable will will conquer all. Here's Kristen Cassidy.
1: This is such a different venue for me. I'm used to being uh, up in you know my yoga studio. So could you all stand up and strike a yoga pose for me and maybe uh, get my bearings? <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, it's it really is an honor to be here. And um, and you know I just need to say that because um, you know fish came and and asked me to come and and tell a story and. I you know, and I didn't know anything about this. And it just so out of my comfort zone. I thought, well, I'll think about this for a little while, and days go by. So, anyway, it was such an op- this is such an opportunity for my own growth. And I'm always telling my students, who are all right here in front of me, too, and out and about, and all these beautiful people. So, um, you know, it's just like walking the talk, right? And um, so I just, you know, and, and what a great venue to support girl power and strong women. And um, I've also, I've been a a coach with the girls on the run, too, so it's really, you know, it has a special place in my heart, too, to be here and supporting them. Um, So I just want to give a shout out to um, the ladies. You know, I have a message for you. That you hear and know that you are strong, truly, and that you are capable And that you have a force that flows through you, that guides you, and allows you to persevere in whatever endeavor that you're doing, and whatever you bump up against in life. And it's those gritty events that, you know, allow us to call forth the strength. So I just want you to not waste any time self-doubting. You know, can we not waste time and energy self-criticizing? and cutting ourselves down, you know, that it's time to just put that aside. Like, we waste too much time there. You're up to so much more than that. Um, And along with that, I want to honor the men. There's a lot of men here, and I wasn't sure. You know, how's it gonna be? Is it gonna be a little more women here, out here? You know, like, yeah, women, or, you know, so I, you know, i want to honor the men, because the men, you know, you support your strong women, and you're here supporting, and, it takes strength. Um, when I got asked to come up, I, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is you know, what is strength? So to me it was just you know, waking up even early in the morning and having this thought like this morning at 4.30 <laughs> and writing things out and, and it gets down to just you know, how am I talking about strength? You know, what is that? What is that for me during those gritty moments when we're asked to dig deeper in our lives? Um, And so that rings, you know, that rings true with me. So, you know, being a parent and being a mom and having, you know, birthed two children and, you know, just that, um, even that itself is that capacity to be able to, um, I don't know how to explain it, you know. You can share, everyone's gonna have a different experience. I guess if I was to put it in one sentence, uh, I could say, you know, try pushing a pot roast out of your left nostril and see how that feels. Uh, (laughs) LAUGHTER And my little pot roasts were eight and a half pounds and nine and a half pounds. I decided to do it twice, but (laughs) Um, so that comes to mind. I think really what rings true for me is what Gandhi says. You know, strength doesn't come from physical capacity. It comes from indomitable will. And indomitable is unstoppable. It's unshakable. It's unconquerable. It's unyielding. And you know, and that just lifts us up. Like we said, we rise by lifting each other up. So one night in uh, 2011, it was rainy. Uh, I was by myself um, living in, um, I was up probably around midnight. And I remember it being just this raw, rainy night. And the kids were asleep. We were living on Oak Street in Brattleboro in a dark, um, beautiful Victorian apartment. And I was by myself, the kids were finally asleep, my husband at the time. And so I had this moment, I was in the kitchen and tears were streaming down my face. It was just a torrential pour. I mean, as much as the rain was pounding on the windows, I was representing that. And my hands were just up against my face. And I remember that moment because I said three words that I vowed never to say, ever. And in that moment, I found myself bumped up against it. I give up, I give up, I give up. And I thought, God, I can't believe I'm saying that. I just hit a wall. I didn't know where to go, what to do. It had been months and months of unyielding, exhausting, emotionally, physical, mental of trying to figure out to get answers for my sick son. And this was April, so in January, he, you know, the snowboarding season, he was so excited, he was nine years old, and he was ready to get out on the slopes, and you know, virus comes through the school, and, and uh, I treat him with herbs, because that's just what I do, and usually it works out fine. And, um, and then he just had this stomach pain that wouldn't go away. And he got over you know, the upper respiratory cold, and so he moved on and just thought, oh, this is really weird that he has this stomach pain that's not going away. Uh, maybe it's an appendicitis, you know, it's an ER visit. And, um, and then they can't figure anything out, so they send us home, and you know, I send him to school, and it's sort of this ongoing thing after about 10 days of, of months of this repeated pain. And, and he would moan, and he was, uh, there was no relief to be had. And so there was months and months of just trying to get answers. It was ER visits in Dartmouth. It was a white-knuckle driving in an ice storm, I remember, by myself, going up when he had to go get scoped and he was going to be put under. And I thought, God, he's ever... There's a percentage of kids that when they get put under, they might not come back. So I'm in the waiting room just trying to do some yogic breathing, but at the same time just gripping the seat worried that they were going to come back and tell me that he didn't make it and so i just remember being in that space and it's just so intense and so we you know he finally brings me in and i I kept checking kept going is he done is he done is he okay is he breathing you know so i go in and um they can't find anything every test that comes back is negative nothing in blood work nothing in urine i had them Oh, I I did everything. I I fired doctors that weren't, you know, doing things that were outside of the box. There were people telling me it was all in his head. It was secondary gain. I'm like, this is not my child. It's snowboarding season. What, you know, he doesn't... Yeah, you know, kids staying home from school, but this is different. Like, you don't get it. Um, And so it's just that, you know, taking that stand and advocating. You know, the advocating that you talked about is, like, tremendous. It's unbelievable. It's a full-time job when you have somebody who is just there are no answers. And I had a pretty big bag of tricks. Like I, I you know, hypnotherapist, I call people in Oregon, and, you know, and, and my mom, another strong, wise, incredible force in my life also supported me and said, here, try this, try that. And, you know, and I, I've, acupuncturists, you name it, flower essences, I had them on energy tables, I was forcing them on and having them, you know, whatever you could possibly think of, I exhausted everything. So in that moment, Where I am just crying in my kitchen at midnight, and hearing the pounding of the rain pounding my heart, and just giving up. Couldn't give up, and you know we had just exhausted all efforts, everything. I thought, God, and you know it wasn't getting better. There was an off and on thing. We had life go on, and then you know there's my daughter. She's here, my little eight and a half pound pot roast here now, older. (laughs) 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 And um. You know, I think about her. She has her own story, I know, in there. And she could not have not suffered. She was in eighth grade, and she was this, as she is, this beautiful, strong woman now, 22. But she was this eighth grader, right? Just, you know, in the mix, in the sports, you know, in a school where they were having their dances, and the girls would come over and throw on their fancy gowns. And, you know, how do I... How do I tend to this child who just is, in, and I'm freaked out, because we can't figure out what's going on, and how do I keep some normalcy in her life? You know, how is it that, how do I find that balance? And I hope uh, I did right by you. <laughs> but it's a, it's a challenging thing, you know, to just, yeah, how the girls come over, and how can we keep that going, and do the mall trips, and the mani pedis, and do the sports, and go listen to, and just have some sort of normalcy, but as, things went on you know Calvin got worse and um, in your world shrinks and it's it's a really unbelievable experience to just sort of come into this space where you see see someone riding a bike outside and I think wow what's that like that sense of freedom where I am just so focused on trying to find answers and navigate I also was in the first year of opening my business I own a yoga studio and and it was the first year of the business so I go in and teach classes but You know, that saved my life because teaching yoga just puts me in the zone and I'm present and, you know, it it grounded me in in a space where I just felt so groundless and didn't know what to do. And um, so, you know, yeah, so Cass has her own story as far as getting through, but I honor her courage and her strength to really get through this family hardship. And most people in my life, as supportive as maybe they meant to be, were scared. And they came at me with fear. And they told me I was doing the wrong thing. And they told me that what if he got cancer and died and you would regret it for the rest of your life and you're not doing right by him and you're in the way of his growth. What could you be doing that's, that's hijacking his healing? What, what you, would you do in your life that made, you know, I just, at that point, I was open to whatever. I don't know, let's see, what's up, you know? It's just being in my backyard, crying into my friend's arms that were like, he's gonna end up in a diaper. If you don't get him into the psych and get him on meds. Every time I tried him on a med, he had a side effect. So just forget that, you know? And um, and I just thought, I can't go down that road with you. I can't go down this road of fear. I will lose it. I'm like right here keeping myself above and I will I will lose it. So I, I can't go down that road with you. You can go there, but I'm not going down there with you. Like that. That's not gonna happen. Um, and as time went on and we we're still going to energy things in acupuncture and trying different things. And I felt like most things were making things worse. So, decided, you know, CAT scans and scopes and anything intrusive. And So here he was, losing weight, and he couldn't walk at this point. He was in pain. He wasn't in school. Um, he couldn't think right. He's a kid, a really cool kid that just can, like, control his dreams. And he's like, Mom, I can't control my dreams anymore. Like, something was interfering with his brain, and people still were like... He's just trying to get out of school. And um, I thought, no, this is like, this is crazy. But I can't go down that route of going into a psychiatric, because I I just knew in, in my gut I would lose him. I would lose him. And so here I was. I had taken one last trip up to Dartmouth, and I said, You have got to make sure you've tried everything possible, everything, checked everything and they were just you know the bedside manner wasn't great they were telling him to be quiet when he moaned Ugh, to punch him and i just thought okay they don't get it they, they think it's psychological everyone thought it was psychological i have very few a few people you know that that were by my side you know my mom one of them just helping me research but most people were scared and tell me i was doing the wrong thing and that was that was a challenge people that i loved and i know they were just scared So, um, so there was that visit up to Dartmouth and they just said, I, you know, I'm like everything Lyme. I mean, what could you possibly think outside the box? Like I've, I'm done. And that's the last piece is to go to psychiatric. Maybe he went and talked to someone and he's like, well, that was ridiculous. Hot. Something's hot. Something's cold. Like, are they dumb? I mean, he's a smart kid too. He's just like, I hurt. And there was nothing that took the pain away. Nothing, not any med, nothing. I'd taken the ER and come, like, just take the edge off so he can sleep. And it was just hours of putting him to bed. And then, you know, watching comedy, which might have been a little inappropriate, was Jeffrey Dunham with the puppets. Like, we just needed to laugh. And I thought that was part of the therapy, because he was now bedridden. And if he walked across the floor, like the wood floor in our house, he's like, that hurts. I couldn't transport him anywhere. He just uh, had to carry him to the bathroom. You know, we had to take turns and carry him outside in the sunlight. And... Um, take care of his rabbits and teach. And, you know, it was just a lot going on. (laughs) And so there was that moment where I was just left Dartmouth, wheeled Khaled out in a wheelchair. And he said, Mom, they're not on our side. And I said, I know, but I'm here, and I'm not giving up. And so a week goes by, and here I am, crying my eyes out, just give up. And I just remember thinking, oh, there's gotta be something. It is, like, I'm just starting to lose faith. I'm starting to just lose it. I'm going down, like, I don't know what to do. And my spirit's breaking, my faith is breaking. And, uh, and then I get a call from my mom. And she's like, hey, I found this guy on the internet. Maybe you wanna, you know, check him out. Cause she's always, was helping trying to find things too and so i i open up my computer and i pull them up anthony williams medical medium there's a picture of a dove in this like very uh just glorious majestic light um, and it said you know your prayers are answered and i just you know i just felt chills in my body and she said i emailed them you know it was a grandmother's plea for this plight that we were in and i emailed them and The next day, I got a call. They put me at the top of this wait list because it was such a crisis. And I talked to Anthony. Called me, had a phone consultation. This guy lives in Florida. Again, this is like months of any testing and everything. And he diagnoses him in three minutes and tells me that he has a a virus. It's like a shingles-like virus. It's not shingles, but shingles-like. It's not even out in the world as anything. But it was in his vagus nerve which is, you know, brain and belly and all stuff that, you know, and I'm like, I mean, gave me all these things to do, a diet, specific diet, anti-inflammatory diet, supplements. It was all natural stuff. And he said, Kristen, you're right. It's not psychological. Like, you're right. And I just, you know, and I talked to him, like, at least twice a week to be able to just, like, for him to just hold me up. And he's like, keep going. Like, you're doing amazing. You're a good mom. This is incredible. And we became really close this guy, he's now you know, writing books and just amazing healer. But we got so close because he just, you know, really was um, inspired and he inspired me. So it took a little while and Calvin started to, it took a long time, took another month. And, and you know, he's bedridden and still in pain and we're continuing. And he said, he's going to have to start walking. You need to get him up on his feet. So I get him up by crutches. I put him up and he's just like screaming. And I'm crying because like, oh God, we, we have to do this. We have to get you up. We gotta get your legs strong. And and then you know it was Cass's graduation from eighth grade, coming up in June. And Calvin said, I'm gonna surprise Cass. I'm gonna show up there. And you know, and so when she was at school, she didn't know. <laughs> we were practicing with the crutches, standing up, and it was excruciating, but. You know, and he'd look at me, you know, and he'd say, it's gonna be okay, mom. And I just thought, wow, you're the one dealing with all this pain and you're telling me it's gonna be okay. So, you know, time went on and he was pale and he was thin and he was still in a little pain, but we were getting better and I was traveling to Northampton to get all sorts of different fruits because he had a very limited diet and try to get as creative as possible. And then Anthony had other moms in situations calling me to have them be uplifted and give them recipe ideas and just like how to stay strong in, in a situation like this where it can just break you down, and um, and Anthony knew that my spirit would just felt just so close to being broken. So we we just rose above and Calvin practiced on those crutches and um, and to put him in the car and drive him up to Cass' graduation and. Uh, it was very painful for him going over bumps. And I remember just like crying the way there, but you know, we were determined and he's dressed up and he's got his crutches and he was so proud and he crushed his way over to her. And, you know, and, and, and from that point on, you know, he, he got better and it just took some time. We had to stay in this, this dietary thing. And I just thought, you know, God, you know, and Anthony said, you know, you did the right thing. I I deal with so many children in this situation and then they have gone that route. They've been lost, and oh my God, I was so afraid of that. Um, so there's just, you know, that that force that drives us, and even when we want to give up, you know, we, we don't. Or something, you know, something comes our way, and so we just trust and we have faith, and um, you know, we do the best we can. And even whatever circumstances we have that are handed to us, no matter how gritty, how hard, how tough, it's just, you know, it's it's life and um, and man, and it will allow us to dig deep and just to recognize that, that there's some strength and, and inspiration and strength is inspired force. So yeah, indomitable will. Thank you all for listening.
0: Thank you for listening to Fables Podcast. Remember, the live event happens the second Wednesday of every month at the Next Stage Theater in Putney, Vermont. For more information, go to their website, nextstagearts.org. For more Fables Podcasts and a variety of other podcasts, visit us at theearspoon.com. Thank you for listening.